Welcome back to The Truth About Local Government. As you know, we are not just talking to people that lead local authorities. We're also talking to really important organisations that support the people that work for those local authorities. And today I'm delighted to have the president of ACES, Sarah Cameron, on to talk about ACES and the support they offer, but also her journey, because I think it's a really interesting one and she's an interesting, interesting part in her career as well. So without further ado, Sarah, thank you for coming on. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's amazing. We were talking off air, everyone listening at home, and I was about to ask asking Sarah how she found the transition from working for a local authority to being the president, which also is a very grand title. I mean, <laughs> I would definitely change my uh, my letterhead and uh, bank details. <laughs> if, if that. How have you found the transition? Um, it's it's been weird. Um, so I'm on a career break um, from working in local government. Um, I, I left um, Baber and Mid Suffolk um, district councils, where I was their corporate manager or head of uh, strategic property, uh, back in November, just uh, ahead of me stepping up to president of Aces. Um, and I, I think for the first five or six weeks that it's been. I feel like I'm on holiday really and I'm going to meetings and having lots of really interesting conversations but it doesn't quite feel like I've completely adjusted but um, end of this week we have our um, regular council meeting um, so uh, yes I've got to step back into proper work mode for that which will be uh, interesting because it will be in London and face-to-face -face, which you know um, we don't do enough face-to-face -face stuff at the moment. <laughs> I love face to face. I absolutely do. And just for everyone listening at home, I've, I've gone in and I've said ACES without giving some clarity. ACES is the Association of Chief Estate Surveyors and Property Managers in the public sector. And I think the reason why I was just so, so grateful for Sarah to come on at the moment was because at the moment, finances are being stretched. There's no getting around the fact that we're looking to generate revenue in any form of whether that be capital receipt from disposals or whether it's from properly working that commercial asset base to drive a greater level of income from the rental portfolio. It is probably one of them. Well, it is one of the most important positions at a local authority and therefore ACEs and the, the networking, the skills and the mid-career support is absolutely essential. So, Sarah, can you give listeners at home a bit about what ACEs is all about? So we're a membership um, organisation and a, an association. Um, most of our members are members of other professional bodies like the RICS and um, uh, others. Um, but we we represent our our members in in that we provide probably the most applicable network opportunity, uh, really good targeted CPD. Um, our, our, our journal, um, the Terrier, is probably one of the best technical journals out there for surveyors in the public sector. It's 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 an absolutely excellent resource. Um, and, you know, we, we've kind of evolved from a couple of other organisations that joined together um, some years ago uh, to create um, kind of a, a body that crosses local authorities right through to central government and 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 property professionals that are working in the NHS, police, fire, central government, you know, the cabinet office and um, other agencies. Um, so we're we're quite a broad church. But um, I, I mean, certainly my journey with ACES, it's been the best networking uh, opportunity I've ever had. I've been able to progress my career in the short time that I've been involved with ACES, uh, you know, sort of like um, uh, 
they tapped me up when I uh, got elected onto the RSS Governing Council back in oh, tail end of 2017. Um, and I haven't looked back. Um, and, you know, there's there's always someone that's been through the property cycles and the administration changes and the budgetary pressures, the you, you, you name it, there'll be someone that's experienced it. Um, and is able to kind of hold your hand and guide you and uh, give you the the pitfalls and the you know the the the, the tips of the trade um and that that for me has been invaluable and we've we've also kind of started in recent years extending that out to what we call faces which is our kind of future aces pipeline really more than anything it's it's those um in their early to mid careers that aren't yet members of aces because it's traditionally been senior property professionals uh, in the public sector um but uh, you know the more that we do the more that we get that 360 degree kind of mentoring and professional development which you you can't buy that um and there isn't a ready-made cpd course that can give you that experience um so that that's that's really what um aces means to me and uh what our usp is i think absolutely i think the, the key word that comes out of all of that is relevance and you know i think for a lot of organizations they were local authorities the most, one of the most challenging part is that you obviously it's an incredibly diverse and, and complex organization but you have you are the expert for that particular um, area. So property, regeneration, et cetera. Yeah. And going back to what you talked about there, network, skill development and career support. I think it's just absolutely fantastic that there is that really relevant resource there because I mean, you'll know better than I, but you know, the amount of time pressure that heads of property are under and the amount of financial pressure they're under, it must just be so reassuring to have that population of people that you know and you trust who understand what you're going through and can also give you some really tangible and constructive feedback as to you know if there are opportunities for improvements or actually if no you're not going insane that is <laughs> that is not okay so that's 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 really powerful um absolutely what do you think is the biggest challenge facing heads of property in local authorities at the present time oh um well, you know, the the obvious thing is budgetary pressures. Um, but on top of that, the the other issues that I found in my experience has been really poor data, um, uh, lack of property strategy, and and then the big the big elephant in the room is recruitment. You know. Um, estate surveyors that are you know are coming through their their rics qualification um you know they, they they can do the landlord and tenant they can do valuation um and 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 that's incredibly useful um to to support the asset management of of a portfolio um but what they lack and sometimes what property teams um can't support because they're either too busy, the the demands are are just uh, you know they're tr always trying to catch up. Um, is is that support to get them um, to be you know a public sector ready 
surveyor, so someone that can do the governance, do the stakeholder engagement, do the project management or program management. Um, and sometimes I think we're asking a little bit too much of an estate surveyor coming through. Um, and, and I think that's made recruitment really difficult uh, and getting someone that can hit the ground running. Because um, I, I, I think a lot of us would would aspire to grow our own teams and, you know, bring uh, apprentices on. Uh, in my experience, we haven't had the quantum of support that can do that really well. Um, other authorities and organisations um, have better success because they have a better quantum of staff. But uh, yeah, in my in my experience, it's been really difficult. But where you're working with without really good property data, and people that understand data and that can analyze it for us as well you can't make good decisions without good data so um yeah there there are a lot of issues and and certainly as we we move further into that kind of net zero delivery data is absolutely key um because you need it to get, go for funding you need it to demonstrate where your benchmarks uh, are going to be improving and therefore what your your key performance indicators and outcomes are going to be um so yeah yeah it's there's a myriad of issues <laughs> there is and it's also i mean look, there's 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 so many factors that I'd like to unpick with you there in the time that we have today. And I think the starting off is with is with the opportunities that exist in those challenges. Mm -hmm. You know, and firstly, you know, I would say before I begin this, I believe that getting your training and development in local authority gives you the breadth and understanding of commercial property that few private practices can offer because you have true responsibility. It has a tangible effect on the community and you're to a certain degree due to resource issues. You'll have to crack on with it a lot more than you well, would have well, done. That's in the it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I think that's often the thing that we don't get out enough is that the public sector is the biggest client base in the UK. Uh, without a shadow of doubt. I mean, you, you just have to um, tune into one of um, Mark Chivers' um, keynote addresses and he'll give you the facts and figures. It's huge, the combined um, uh, public estate. Um, so the opportunities for um, making a difference in your local um, community or um, building houses or releasing land for, for, for housing development um, I, to write generational kind of regeneration projects we we touch all of that and um it's it's so exciting some of the projects that you can get involved with when you're client side in the public sector it's work that i would have never have gotten involved with if i'd stayed in the private sector and um uh and i and i think if if only we made sure that our politicians and our organizations uh, leadership teams understood the relevance of property before it becomes a possible solution for budgetary pressures. <laughs> you know, none of us want to see fire sales um, happening. Um, uh, property isn't the only solution um, in terms of that. And uh, it, it can be a real tool for change um, and lasting change. And, and I think those forward thinking organisations that jumped on in declaring climate emergencies early on in 2019 and then led their kind of strategy kind of um, development uh, for property after that, they're, they're the ones that we should be watching and investing in and, and learning from because they're the ones that are getting it right. 
I had a really good meeting last week on a podcast with the deputy chief executive and the uh, deputy leader at Broxtow and about right. one of their projects they've done, the Beeston project. And there, the key bit around that was actually developing this place, developing this project they've done, which is some really taking some out of the box thinking, some real ambitions and real, you know, resilience has helped bring jobs, will help future proof the area, gives a sense of identity. And that's what, you know, it's all about. But I'm absolutely right. It's the you, the place making and the place shaping ambitions are just so important. But going back to data. Mm-hmm. So is data, I mean, I want to talk to you about the opportunities that exist in terms of where you see uh, the future of property management and property within local government. Where are the innovations going to come from? Where are the changes that you see taking place? Um, so I think uh, we've had a few starts and uh, kind of fails with with data. So obviously, um, public sector ownership, um, there, there was uh, a great push for that. So like, six to ten years ago um and everyone recorded what they needed to that helped the ope project in terms of site finding and and partnership working but still uh we're finding that operational data and sharing operational data on on property portfolios is inconsistent because there's no one system um and often each authority is probably led by finance system which doesn't talk to anything else. Um, I, so I think there's there needs to be a bit more commonality in order to uh, further unlock opportunities like OPE projects um, where you can bring uh, public sector uses together uh, more than anything. I think that um, in in the eastern region, well, in, in Suffolk, uh, the Suffolk OPE group um, had been d- looking at um, kind of post-COVID office use and that kind of thing. Um, and they were using a, a spreadsheet to gather the data. And it's just, oh, there must be an easier way because, you know, formatting that and paying a consultant to kind of pull all that together just takes time and money and and you know really there there needs to be you know some some real kind of focus work on a one-size-fits-all kind of solution that's what i was going to say because i had a, a darren who came on who's a, an it director for local mm. authorities was saying actually there's a commonality around actually what you're looking for that software to do 85 to 9 percent of what was required is the same in every council from a property perspective or not it wasn't just aimed at that but in in our conversation today a property the database, um, you know, and I, I, you wonder, don't you, why can't everyone just chip in and everyone just, you know, have the same software system and just go, right, that's what we're using. Um, yeah, yeah, and then it can be linked to to um, or, or in, intertwined with the mapping data, which then you you can have a public open source version of it to show, you know, and 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 to do those kind of publicly uh, required reports and and notices. Um, but then you can have this kind of interdepartmental open sourced reporting um it would make a huge difference especially where you know you're you're a second tier organization and you're liaising with 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 other you know um like county council and uh that transfer of data would would just cut out a lot of faffing and there's uh, there's a huge amount of faffing with property portfolios in the public sector it's um um you know f- from from 
you know, working with underinvestment, uh, in, especially in local authorities, for years and trying to get to the point of uh, knowing your portfolio. So, so when something like RAC comes along, that you can do an easy report to the government departments and, um, you know, the journalists that are asking uh, FOIs on on how many buildings are affected by by rack um you don't have to go to 20 different teams in in an organization to pull something together you know so who, who do we have to go and petition to get this out because it makes just it, it seems like this is the absolute you know is the own it's not the only way but it's one of the few ways that we can see true change taking place because i don't perceive there to be an uh, an, a blank checkbook to say right we can, we can increase the salaries and we can increase the teams of property functions but that wastage that exists down to the fact that data isn't inefficient as possible that data piece the innovation the utilization of technology the fact that then that um that property database and that it would allow them for the strategy to then be implemented and to be standardized and, and to have a very consistency what's got to happen for that to take place oh well I, I think it needs um an organization to lead the way to do a bit of research on on what systems are working well um, and whether or not there is a leading system out there. Um, and, uh, you know, through my career, I've, I've I've lost count of how many different data systems I've used for property um, and none of them have done the job exactly well. Um, but um, but it's also taking advantage of those those uh, entrepreneurial kind of uh, property consultants that have started to develop really good systems that um, kind of use a bit of AI to to do the reporting and analysis that have that GIS data uh, and mapping link. Um, and I looked at one about um, four months ago before I left Baber and Mid Suffolk um, called Land Clan, and um, but I haven't seen enough people using it to see where the advantages are and I think that's 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 the missing link it's someone looking at all of them pulling something together and getting it on a framework um that that everyone you know so so that the procurement of it is dead easy um but um you know uh when you procure any kind of system I'm I mean you know I'm thinking of you know we 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 got a um, booking system, like a desk booking system. Um, you've got to have IT involved. You've got to have um, uh, all sorts of people uh, involved to get it right. Um, but if we can demystify and so that we're not allowing, yeah, so we're not allowing each organisation to go off and do their own thing because they know what their bespoke need is. But uh, having having some trust um because someone's gone out there and done all of the research for them and uh done all the vetting uh i think yeah that would be I a really that for me that feel i'm just just spit warning you here that for me it could be a, a great point for aces as a, as a lead in terms of to say you know and I, we could do it as well we could uh, you could co collate the data i could ask off the back of this podcast when we send it out uh send in who, who you're working with in terms of your property database and just begin yeah, that it would it would be great to 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 sort of like collate all of that and certainly you know we we've got our our membership um you know it covers our oh, I think something like 500 organisations in the public sector. That's an excellent start, isn't it? And uh, you know, and uh, some startup or someone uh, existing kind of prop tech company. 
who understands the tech because I, I I understand how to use the system, but um, to, You're better to than get me, I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. It's not working. If you turned it on and off, yes, okay. Well, that is the limit of my yeah, of my knowledge. Yeah, but I think it's yeah. that, isn't it? If you can actually have that data uh, in all seriousness, have that data base of information. And then you can go to central government and say, right, we'll be able to save you and make more productive functions if you give us a million pounds that then will allow us to or more to build a, a database system that works, is properly accurate. Off you go. There it is. It's free. It's the, the local central government's developed it. But then actually it then transforms because yeah. that is is that's got to be the way. Wouldn't wouldn't that be great? Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. It would um, it would solve a lot of problems. And I, I think, you know. <laughs> I think at our core, we're we're all a bit territorial, aren't we, about uh, you know our organisational data. But I I think the public advantage element of what we do and who we work for, it it would just save a lot of bother by having one one common kind of uh, mapping and and property data um kind of access and and i don't think um yeah i i think what's out there at the moment uh, just isn't isn't kept up to date rishi if you're listening get on your to-do list <laughs> get yourself a centralized uh, property database done asap <laughs> on, on a sources i want to go to the next point now around recruitment and retention because yeah. you know um i don't have the stats to hand but you know in each recession or each downturn of the economy property is one of the hardest hit in terms of the amount of people entering the property profession as it's some say it's a confidence-led industry um what do you think are the solutions to improving the rate of recruitment within property and local government um well i think in local government um we do the return to work bit really well um and i think uh you know our our private sector colleagues could learn a lot from that um, there are certainly some really good schemes out there, but um, it, it uh, you know, being a, a female surveyor, uh, it's, it's really important to see women staying in the profession. And we see this drop off with membership um, with the RICS and 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 they don't seem to come back um as as easily as some of our male colleagues do um so i think um you know there's there's a piece there about that middle career support um and getting people um back up to speed so running you know uh, really good cpd to get them back up to speed with changes since they they were last in work um the other aspect is making utilization of apprenticeships the surveying apprenticeships are brilliant uh, nowadays. Um, I, you know, if they were around in this form when I was um, going, uh, choosing to go to university, I'd have chosen to do an apprenticeship first because the the work experience that you get um, right from the off um, makes a difference. Really does give, you know, make you a, a well-rounded professional earlier on in your career and. Um, uh, but teams need to have the right support to to support an apprentice uh, coming through. Um, so so getting the, the the team set up where you've got some established senior kind of or, or, or years years um, post qualification experience um, uh, to support them coming through. Um, you know they're they're the two key areas for me um, really. I I, I think. Uh, some localities, um, you're you're kind of fishing from a small pool. So, like in East Anglia, 
it's it's not a huge amount of membership across the the eastern region um that you're then asking someone to to come in that that might have a little bit of local local government experience um and uh so so the recruitment kind of geographical areas just really play a part so you've got to be able to um really grow your own and 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 invest in people rather than just expecting to someone be parachuted in like an interim that that doesn't really get into the culture of the organization and really buy into the corporate vision uh, in the same way as a, a, a kind of a permanent placed um, employee. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my, my last question for you, Sarah, and it's it's something that I'm just it's more about you as a person. There's a passion that comes from you around property, local authority and this. I, I can't quite determine which word I want to use for that, but maybe the word equality in terms of everybody having the access and the support to have the career they deserve, whether they be from any background or be of any uh, diversity, gender, etc. Where does this passion come from from you? Yeah, I can answer that. Um, I I didn't have a huge amount of support coming through the APC, um, uh, and I did a lot of it myself. And I I felt it was really important for me to pay that forward. So I got involved with with Matrix. I got involved with um uh the organization i was working for at the time in setting up an apc hub and the more of that i did the more i i found that the you know you you get energy from doing things don't you and 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 the 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 more positive energy i was getting was from dealing with people and you know at its core property is a people industry you know, yes, you do do deal with bricks and mortar. You do deal with um, money and and big numbers, but at the core, it's about relationships. And um, I I just I felt that my key skill set was in getting the best out of people, um, rather than you know doing a deal. Uh, you know, uh, I can do deals. I, I have done do deals. <laughs> It, it doesn't float my boat as much as, you know, encouraging and motivating and leading a team to do that and uh, have have them equipped to be better surveyors than I ever was. Um, uh, so, so, yeah, it's it's it, it's been an evolving kind of thing. And I, I became a chartered manager as well as a chartered surveyor because that that aspect of leading people and motivating people and coaching them to to be the best that they can be um is something that was lacking in my own development uh leading up so I thought if I could fill that gap for other people then um you know that's that's more of my legacy than leaving you know 20 nice restaurants that I've left in Norwich or <laughs> something like that I love that and I think that's why you are absolutely best place to be present races and also to lead property functions in local government because the the your why and your identity is absolutely aligned to that so sarah thank you so much for coming on it's been absolutely a privilege to talk to you today about um you know aces uh property and um obviously updating rishi shunak's uh, <laughs> uh to-do list uh thank you for your time yeah thank you
As always, everyone listening at home, if you've enjoyed it, please give it the support it needs on the uh, social media and the channels. Um, but thank you for your uh, continued support. And please tune back in for later in the week to hear more interesting content from some fantastic guests. Goodbye for now.